Welcome to Let's Get Information. My name is Alexa Silvaggio, and this, my friends, is a podcast for seekers, entrepreneurs, spirit junkies, and wellness lovers of all kinds. Each week, we'll be offering you inspiration, education, and co-creation that will help you cultivate an epic life. So let's dig deep, lift up, and thrive through these personal stories, tips, how-tos, and most importantly, great, rich truth. So um, Dr. Kat and I have known each other not very long. We met through our mutual friend, Hero. Yeah, it was a beautiful evening at a Sage Bistro where I glanced across the room and there you were. And there you were. And we ate vegan food and like chatted about men and sex and fun things. Talked a lot about sex. We did talk a lot about sex. Tends to be every conversation and party conversation I ever have. Well, of course, because everyone's so like enamored and fascinated and you are truly quite a sexy individual. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Let's just call it like it is. Um, so seriously, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm mm-hmm. so inspired by you. I follow you on social media and what you post is so meaningful and powerful. But just to give the audience like a little bit of a background about you, please tell us what's cooking for you. What are you doing? Uh, what's your What's like your background? What do you do on a daily basis? Yeah, yeah. It's like 17 so, questions. All of it and go now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? We don't pressure to to quicken through things. We like to yeah. slow things down and process, right? You know. Um, (laughs) enjoy the journey and not just the orgasm is what I like to say. However, (laughs) and the journey began. (laughs) So I'm a sex therapist. Um, I'm a licensed sex therapist and I specialize in working with couples, trauma and, uh, mind and body oriented connection, healing, all the things. Um, I've been teaching yoga for 10 years. I'm a Reiki practitioner. So I believe that change can happen through utilizing all those pieces, the mind, the body, the, um, the energetics of everything. And so I use that in private practice. So I also do, um, classes on using partner yoga and acro yoga for intimacy. Whoa. Yes. Oh, you're so cool. <laughs> and so the, I'm creating programs right now and retreats around that same premise. Yes. Um, I teach Tantra. So I do like basic Tantra practices and, um, with clients and then with myself, and, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, um, I'm host of eat, play, sex podcast. Uh, found yes. It. Check it out, everybody. Yes, yes. It's all about the body and mental, emotional, relational, sexual, all the things. Great. Yeah. yeah. Super yum. Founder of Sex Love Yoga. And we've got some amazing things coming from that soon. Soon. Cool. Um, Tell me about the retreat that you have coming up. I know that it was going to possibly be this month, but you decided to move it to another time. Talk to me about who that's with, what that's about. Yeah, it's a uh, sensual discovery, and it's with Andrew Seeley and and Josephina Bashout, and it's and Andrew's Andrew's gonna be on the podcast or, probably next month. Or he's one of my favorite humans. Oh my god, he's a beautiful soul. He's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he flies me so high. <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> so he, um, yeah. So it's all about sensuality and living the sensual life. I emphasize cool. a lot about uh, being in your body. And seeking, creating a life of pleasure. Because with this so stressed out, empire building, queendom building, family building world that we're in, we're stressed out or we, you know, everything is for everybody else. But we forget about pleasure. And we forget that by finding pleasure within ourselves, uh, we radiate that out and everybody benefits. Everyone benefits from you being in your pleasure. Can I get an amen up in here? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah, but because we think that it's selfish by doing that, or we think that we're, uh, we have to put everybody else first, mm-hmm. that it kills that piece. In fact, so I tell this to people all the time, conventional sex, we often look to the other partner. What can I do to please you? What do you want? What do you, what can I do for you? But when you do that, you're suspending yourself out of yourself Mm. for the other person. And 
that can end up causing uh, performance anxiety. It causes you not to be in your body. It causes you to get into your head and be critical about, you know, what's going on for you. How can I be there for them instead yeah. of me? Yeah. So if we come back into ourselves and make love to ourselves first and let that radiate out, how turned on do you get when you see your partner in pleasure? No, it's it's all the things. Oh my god! It's everything. Like if I see my partner in pleasure, I'm like turned on myself. Of course. And it's that same principle. Mm. So if we're both making love to ourselves in our own bodies, yes, yeah. it's just like <laughs> so much more juicy and cosmic and yum and embodied and blah. Yeah, all the good yeah. things. Sorry, my mind is somewhere else right no, now. No, I love, she, like, I wish, that, I need to start videoing these <laughs> podcasts because, like, it's so fun to see, like, as me watching you talk about it. Kat's, like, touching herself right yeah, now. She's, she's, like, having like, a moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, hair in the air, and hands in the air, and she's, like, yeah. oh. It's, it's oh. sensual to hear you talk about it. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you. like, you're living it. <laughs> I love it. And I have to say, like, it's so cool to hear you talk about the embodiment piece. Which, Huge. of course, is why, like, the yoga and the meditation piece works so well with what you're doing and the acro because that is such a cultivation of awareness. Oh, yeah. And, like, that awareness is what allows us to live in our body and us living in our body is what allows us to connect. Yes. Like in many ways. Oh, for sure. And it's amazing how many of us, you know, we are physically in our bodies, right? Yeah. But to be present in that body is a whole different game yeah it's a whole different concept I um growing up I had experienced some trauma and which leading to 11 years of eating disorders where I just literally didn't want to be in my body I was so filled with anxiety and just like like Mm. buzzing and it was amazing my first yoga class in college I was in shavasana and I was just like oh my god this is what it feels like to be in my body. And I'm like, calm. Can I I'm really calm. Cry? <laughs> I'm, you can. Yeah. You can cry here. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. that effect on everyone. She no. does. She's going to be crying. <laughs> but I, I just remember, it, like, there was such a calming in my body that yeah. I hadn't experienced before. And so that started my journey of looking to these alternative styles of, of healing myself and realizing that to be in my body didn't have to be a dangerous thing. It didn't have to be an unpleasant, uncomfortable thing. And I know so many listeners may be able to resonate with that feeling of crawling out of your skin. Yes. And we understand now, I understand now from a trauma brain perspective, that that your brain is hijacked in in, uh, causing that disconnection of the mind and the body. So that's what's causing that feeling of wanting to crawl out, you know? Uh, So through yoga, being able to recondition your body's stress response Mm -hmm. so that you can be in it and be comfortable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, just uh, went into uh, psychology to really understand myself and how people connected. I didn't get how people connected, struggle with relationships, like, you know, intimacy all those things so going to the school I went to the intellectual route and I'd be like figuring all this stuff I could tell you anything about the penis and the and the vulva you know (laughs) I just like throw out all these facts and everything and it'd be like yeah super cool you know but then I wasn't actually embodying it either. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting journey too. It was all too. just up in the head. Cognitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super cognitive. I tell you everything about wow. sex. And, but then to be in the body and, and engaging sexually with somebody was a whole nother. Whole other ball yeah, ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been like such a progression. Yeah. But I realized that all, those, all the things contribute to, uh, you know, your optimal sexual self. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it evolves. Like it continues. Like. I know that my sexual potential is infinite. And when I look at that, then I know that it's always going to change and evolve and grow and expand. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. I'm not there yet. No. I won't be. No. We always have to have something to look forward to. Mm. I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that we had so much in common, too. Oosh. <laughs> just, <laughs> I am not a sex therapist, but as far as the trauma and the eating disorders and yeah. all, and the disembodiment and uh-huh. how yoga was very much like my way of getting back into my body as well. 
because I just was not, I wanted nothing to do with this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted nothing to do with it. And even then, I don't know for you, but I, you know, I did the practices and I taught yeah. almost immediately after I realized, oh my God, because that was yeah. my, my, that was my personality too. Like do everything. Right. Yeah. Oh, eight, I'm interested in this. I'm going to master this. I'm going to do it all. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. Uh, yeah. But I realized that my yoga class was still heady. Uh-huh. I'd go to the classes that were more uh, workout oriented and yes. fast and like, yeah. you know, and, and, and I taught, you know, that God, I was like 20 and I taught, but it was still from a place of, of theory. And it was of a place of the intellectual piece of it, mm. you know? And so even, even in that practice, it took me a while to actually realize, Oh, I'm still not embodying it. Shit. Yeah. 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 I mean, I still, to this day, gravitate to those classes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where I gravitate. doesn't mean that's what I necessarily do. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I yeah. know myself. I'm like, dude, you don't need to go to, a, like, a power hot vinyasa. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, they're fun. They're they fun. can be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're great. And I, te- and I teach them sometimes. Yeah. You know? like Totally. That's, me too. That's, yeah. But, like, what I, I need is, like, more like a slow flow. Yeah. Or, like, a restorative or a yin. Yeah, yeah. Because whew, it's so easy for me to just be, like... Yeah. Yeah. See, and that actually is my practice now. What I teach now, um, I teach a very slow flow. It's Mm. hard. Now it's hard. It's harder to teach that. (laughs) It is, but a lot of spine undulations, a lot of like slow inhales as you lift up one leg and engage the core and lightly place the foot down and slowly rise up the arms. Because what I find is even then that the, the students will try to quicken it up because they get bored or something yeah but then they they uh it causes you to be in your process and it's about the transition and not so much getting to the the pose or the destination and there's so much strength to be found in that i cannot wait to take your class oh well, and right. Yeah, well, I would love I to would have love it. Like right up yes. next to me. I'm going to roll your mat out <laughs> right next to mine. We'll hold hands in Shavasana. Yes. yes. And cry. <laughs> You'll probably make me cry. <laughs> yes. It happens. Yes. It's the best. It's always the best. I'm like, oh, release. <laughs> it's like the orgasm of yoga. It's the crying in Shavasana. I've had clients have orgasms in my class. I, I kid you not. do not doubt that for a second. Yeah. How, who, what, when, or why? Not, maybe not the who, but. Yogaasm? I don't know. What would you call that? Yogasm? 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 Mm, yogasm. Yogasm. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, it was, it was when I taught a, no, it's happened a couple of times. It, one was a Pilates yoga fusion. And, yeah, and she was doing something with the, with the core. I think it was crunches. It might've been something similar to that. Yeah. And she said, and that does happen because the clit, the clitoris is in a perfect place for, as you're crunching the abdominals, it can be stimulated. No yeah. way. Yeah. Cause your clitoris actually extends back into your body. It almost looks like a little wishbone with little <gasps> testicles underneath, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you all knew this, I'm going to be really impressed because I did not know that. And yeah. I'm very friendly with my clitoris. I mean, I've known I've known my clitoris pretty well for a while, <laughs> but I did not know that. Yeah. And wow. it's more than just that little pea-sized head. No. Yeah. Well, some well, people's are pea. Yeah. Some of them are little. <laughs> a little pea. Yeah. <laughs> and some, you know, the head, but it actually extends back. Wow. And it's very representative of the uh, genitals on males. Wow. Yeah, very similar um, makeup of it. But it, and it's fascinating. The clitoris is so fascinating. There's 8,000 nerve ending, endings on a clitoris head, which is four times as many as the head of a penis. <laughs> Sorry, dudes. <laughs> no, and it's, and its sole purpose is pleasure. Pleasure. That's amazing. That's, it. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> well, we got to do the childbirth thing, but still, <laughs> at least we got that. <laughs> do you know, yeah, and even in childbirth, yes. you can have orgasms childbirth. If anyone can. It's me. No, No, there are uh, doulas who teach people that ability. Orgasmic birth. Yes. Whoa. I'm going to do that. I want to do that, too. (laughs) Whoa. Uh That's incredible. Okay, so she had an orgasm in class. Yes. Because Uh she was doing crunches in a way that stimulated her clitoris, which which extends into the body. Uh Uh-huh. 
like a wishbone. Mm -hmm. And I've had it just by rocking my pelvis. Yeah. In my, cause I do tantra practices in the morning where I'm doing breath work, pranayama yeah. and, and I'll get so high, but then just even rocking my pelvis sitting in lotus position wow. or on the, on the floor and I can feel it. And yeah. I'm like, yes. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. Can you share, um, you know, it's so funny cause I've been talking with a few friends about, um, about Tantra, just uh, about yeah. kind of like adopting a practice. Yeah. Where's a good place to start? Like besides maybe hiring you as a, <laughs> as a, just saying, um, as a teacher, but like even just a breathing technique or yeah. anything that you can offer. Oh my gosh. There's so many good, um, Tantra teachers out there. Um, amazing work by Charles Muir. Okay. Um, there's also a really good book that I love that's very accessible for the modern day. Great. And that's Urban Tantra. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I've studied with um, Sophia Sunduri. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah, she's amazing. She's got some, you know, in-person retreats and then um, online trainings and that kind of thing. Cool. Then there's, honestly, there's so, so that's more of like the sexual Tantra type sure. of stuff. But then Tantra is such a an expansive lifestyle practice. Yes. And it is about being more in, embodied and, and uh, making pleasure out of everything that you do. So making love with everything that you do. Sex that. is literally only a part of it. But it's, it's incredible when you do, when you exist in your body and in your senses, how much more expansive your experiences can become. So the mundane can become orgasmic. Love that. Yeah. Um, I am a big fan and she's she's not a Tantra teacher, but she's in OBGYN and all sorts of, you know, she loves women and women's health and Dr. Christian Northrup and just even this, I heard an interview with her once talking about how, like when you eat chocolate, you should eat it as if you were like making love to it. Like, savor. Yeah. Savor. And that's oh. like, that applies to everything. And I don't mm. always follow that, but like, that's something that I keep in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, when I do remember, it's like such a beautiful, fabulous thought. Like yeah. let everything be that kind of sensual savor mm-hmm. of that moment. Yeah, and to savor something means to elongate that experience, you know, be with it for a while. Yes. Yeah, I it's funny because I tell people to savor a lot in yes. the work that I do. And then and then one time I had a lover tell me, let's savor this. And I was Ooh. like, Oh my Ooh. god, I'm wet. Yeah. I can't even <laughs> And it was like yes. not even kissing. Yeah. You know, it was just like how was huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, just like connecting. Yeah, yeah. just connecting and like being no... full presence. Whoa. And yeah. Whoa. And that is an amazing thing, the power of presence in lovemaking. Yes. Or just with your partner. Like, you don't even have to be lovemaking, but making out or just like caressing or just talking is so powerful and medicine for beautiful. people beautiful yeah. do you have any advice for people who are like okay well how do I get present before being with my partner mm-hmm. or how do I get present before kissing my partner or whatever yeah is there something that like you would <laughs> prescribe to someone for something like that yeah I can give you a few things so that. first thing would be taking a few deep breaths okay and I I always say at least four to eight deep breaths before you go into there for minimum Right. And that helps to just ground you back into your body and from within your body using your five senses. So you can utilize these tools, these senses to help you anchor into the present moment. So it's things like, can you smell the scent of your partner? Can you feel the texture of their hair? Play with their eyelashes, you know, feel the way that they're breathing beneath you. Taste their skin and their lips and and those will help you stay out of your busy mind. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, I can keep talking about I'm, that. Like, I that. hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I Real. often and I often tell people, you know, when you're touching somebody, because a lot of us get anxious about, is my touch right? You know, am I touching my partner right? Or am I good at massaging them? Or mm. maybe I'm not. And when we do that, we're not in the hands anymore. We're in the head. Yes. So... I say, 
uh, two things there. Bring your attention into your fingertips so that your presence is in the fingertips and stay in that place or in the palms of your hands. Yeah, you're worshiping right, I me am, right I'm now. I am worshiping right her. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited about this. And then the other one is bringing your breath into your touch. So I have people take an inhale as they press into the left palm of their hand and, and into the right palm, and then exhale, left palm, right palm. Gorgeous. So then they're matching the breath to the hand movement, and their body pressure goes with it. So it's just like side to side, side to side, and that way they're more present. Mom, ah. they just said hi. So I'm sorry to interrupt because that is like the dreamiest conversation, but um, Dr. Cat has a bunny, a pet, a pet bunny named Marley, Marley. and Marley just came like right under my feet. So there was, there was a moment. I want to like pet you with my toes. You I should. Love you. Yes. He loves it. Beautiful. Yeah. So sweet. He's a very sensual creature. He's just so soft and so, oh my, oh my God. God. Of course. Animals are a great way to ground and be present because you just, you, you're present with their their texture or their breath or yes. like what they're doing. And they'll let you know. Or, they're like, yeah. okay, I'm good. I'm good now. Well, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like cats are really good at that. Yeah. I mean, I'm I, like that. I mean, <laughs> if I, there's a reason name is cat. <laughs> if I want to see you, yeah. I'll come around. If, I, if I'm done with you, I'll leave. Bye. Okay, bye. Peace out. <laughs> I'd rather go do this. Yeah. Or him. Or her. Whatever. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, cool. So sorry, interrupted with the Marley conversation, but um, so you were talking about the breath and the linking with the palms and the actual, like, the actual embodying of the particular part of the body that's being used. Yes. Like, that is so powerful. I've never even thought of that. And yet I feel like, I feel like in some ways it's very intuitive and yet in some ways for, I can see how it would absolutely not be because it's so true like so many of us do not live in our bodies mm -hmm. and the more and you know i say intuition can increase the more you're in your body because intuition is about sensitivity there's been research that or you know theories that intuition is really heightened sensitivity that's at the the below the threshold of our consciousness okay. so that um you know we get this intuitive hit of like oh there's something going on over here well it may be possible that we're picking up something through the the smell receptors that is below our our threshold of of actually consciously knowing that okay. or and and these things Whatever intuition actually is, it does, what we do find is it does increase with sensitivity and being embodied. So the more we can be in the body and relax, so our sensory receptors open, yes. the more, a lot more sensitive to things around us and we pick them up. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is super cool. Or you pick up like the internal, like guttural reaction that yes. tells you that, oh, this doesn't feel good for me or I need to do something else or that kind of thing. Or something's off or yeah. whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Wow. I need to look at this. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say are like some of the most profound lessons you've learned from intimate relationships, whether they've been your own or whether they've been of clients, obviously, you know, not... Mm -hmm. telling names or anything mm -hmm. of that nature, but just kind of lessons that you've learned or um, that you think were really powerful. What are, what are these relationships all about? Oh my God. So on my Instagram, Sex Love Yoga, I post questions every week and have created so dialogue funny. about it. So yes. I very recently asked one about, you know, what has been one of your greatest lessons from a lover? Well. And I shared that one of my lovers was... I, this was before I was good at communicating <laughs> and I would, there would be a consistent behaviors on his part that were really unhealthy sure. and I would come in and make him so comfortable and like speak to him and make him feel good and like, it's not your fault or, you know, uh, let me take care of you. Enabling I'd, kind of. Yeah. So he would never experience the discomfort of the consequences. Shit. 
And so it just kept happening and again and again. And I realized, ah, this is actually not love what I'm doing right now. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Even though I have a very nurturing part and I still believe that and I will never get rid of that part of me. Mm -hmm. However, the, the recognizing my limits, how much am I willing to give and then no more. That's love. Woof. Boundaries. Because they're never going to grow. And I had to leave that relationship because they weren't going to grow and do the work anymore if I was there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I left, took him a while, and then he started doing the work and now he's doing great. Oh, God. That's Mm -hmm. so wonderful. I had to completely remove myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It can be a very ego thing, too. Can I fix you? Can I save you? Can I, you know, be there with you through this all? And sometimes we don't realize that we are contributing to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's totally my stuff, calling mm-hmm. myself out on that one. I tend to gravitate towards the really, like, broken. Mm-hmm. And and I think as as you know, like, as a healer, as a yogi, as a, as a person that cultivates awareness for a living, mm-hmm. like, it's very enticing to want to be like, I can, I can take this on. Yeah. I can make this better. Mm-hmm. Because it, it that's not like that's not love. Yeah, it will. It I have value in this relationship. I can contribute something to this relationship given all the skills that I have. Yes, validation. Yeah, and it's it's not about that in this society. And this is interesting. So, this society really prizes self sufficiency mm. and independence. Yes, but as a result, where we are. Uh, shaming dependency. Wow. And what I didn't realize at the time, I'd always, I grew up in a family that really helped me to become independent, which is amazing. I've gotten them where I am with that. Yes. And it prevented me from actually allowing myself to attach healthily in relationships. Mm. Almost like too independent. Too independent. Yeah. And and I would consistently label my partners as needy because mm. I would pull away and yes. then they would do all these behaviors to re-engage contact. And yes. I'd be like, uh, I need out. space, you know, yes. and given I was going through things at the time too, but it was, it, I had this in my head that I'm supposed to be self-reliant and take care of myself and I don't need you. I want you. Mm. And that statement I see on so many memes. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All these freaking memes. Yeah. Trying to give therapy. <laughs> it's like, stop it, please. Stop giving <laughs> meme therapy. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, <laughs> it's really shaming us when we can't live up to the memes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just what the self-help world needs. Yeah. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. Like one meme, (laughs) one meme is like, and this one you've heard before, you have to love yourself before you can let somebody else love you is bullshit. Oh, I love that. That's complete crap because that prevents us from actually allowing ourselves to enter into relationships where we may learn the skills of loving ourselves. I love that. Now you have to do the work in the relationship. You can't just expect the other person to do it for you. Yes. So that's the caveat. However... None of us are born knowing how to love or receive love. None of us know are born knowing the type of sex that we like. Yeah. You know, all these things are learned because yes. we consistently try again and put ourselves in it. That lesson again. Oh my God. Okay. You just like inspired 17 million questions because like what you talk about is like, we're all just learning it through these relationships that we have. Yeah. It's like, but there takes, there needs to be like a certain level of, openness and vulnerability in in order to even like have those conversations and like be able to sit and be like I'm trying to figure this out are you willing it's like are you willing to try this on with me like are Mm -hmm. you willing to try this out because I don't even know what I'm doing like none of us know none of us know and yet we live in this like culture where vulnerability is the really the enemy in a lot of ways. I think like the work of Brene Brown and, yeah. and certain teachers have really brought it to light, yeah. but it's still like recognized as weakness in a lot of ways. Yes. You know? Yeah. Especially I see this a lot in the coaching world Yeah, um, that, or the professional world in general, where yeah. it's, it's, you know, they're, they're teaching things and then they're experiencing things behind the scenes. Um, but if they just take it out and be like, 
yo, I've, I, this happened to me today. <laughs> like, I had to sit and process this shit, yeah. you know? And, and I think that gives people permission to be able to do the same. I love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We need that permission because mm-hmm. I think, and I don't know if you're experiencing this with clients or patients of yours, but there seems to be like a, a big disconnect as far as that vulnerability in the sense of like even commitment in general. Like, I think that we're in a time where like, yeah. And like, and I I don't know if that, if that's right in like your experience, but I feel like it's, it's a time where people are just like not willing to even go there. Mm Mm-hmm. I used to be a total commitment phobe in all aspects of my life, including making plans with me. I'd be like, uh, let me check. Let me, uh, I might feel okay for that. I'll let you know. (laughs) Because the thing is, uh, so I'm from the Midwest. I'm from, um, just outside of St. Louis, Cape Girardeau. And out there, when you set a plan, it is gold. Like your word is gold. So I grew up with that integrity, right? Um, and then coming out here and everybody's like, let's just go with the flow, you know, like, or they cancel like immediately before. And I was thrown. I was like, what? Like, you're flaky. Like what's going on? Like, am I not important to you? And then I realized that these people are tuning into their current state and what they need at that moment. Mm. So I really had to figure out a balance between those because I don't like either of those. Yeah. Necessarily. I, I like to, I, I still hold space. If I may, if I tell somebody, yes, we're going to do this, um, I hold that space for them. And I give myself permission to be like, hey, this, I'm feeling sick or this just happened to me or like I'm overwhelmed. Can I, can we do this again? Yeah. And, and I've had really amazing responses from people just because I tell them exactly what my process is. You're important to me. Yeah. I want to be fully present with you. And at this moment, my mind is like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not going to be able to be. Yeah. You just changed my world because I have to tell you, like, since in, I lived in New York City for over 10 years, and it was very much the word is gold as well. Yep. Honestly, yep. like, New Yorkers are hardcore. We work hard. We play hard. Yeah. Like, you're done with work for the day. You said you were going to meet me for a whatever. If you cancel, like, I'm pissed. Yeah. And so moving here, yeah. <laughs> like moving here, it was a big adjustment. Like people were just a little bit more lackadaisical. Yeah. And it's, I, I guess you're right. It's really not such like a terrible thing. It's just people are listening to the nobility of their mind and body. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Yeah, I mean. It's a way better way to look at it either way. Now, there could be another way. It could also be, oh, something better came along. I'm going to go do that instead. Right. So that's something different. That's not integrity. Yeah. So it's what's the underlying intention there, I think, yes. is the big part. And can you communicate that? Can you consciously communicate that to the other person yes. while still communicating their importance and yes. give an alternate time so that it's saying, I'm still showing up for you. Yes. It's just right now. words are not going to be able to connect in my head. Yeah. (laughs) I need a tea. I'm going to be staring at you. (laughs) Glossy eye. Like, (laughs) and it's not cute. (laughs) Well, I'm cute. cute. I'm like, well, she's cute. You speak for yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I like am glossy eyed right now. Um, okay. So you were talking about, um, avoidance. Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about attachments, <gasps> attachment theory. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, it's my favorite. It's so dreamy. <sighs> I literally walked in guys and we sat down to do this interview. And, um, the first book I see is attached. And I don't remember who it's by. I don't know if you know, but, um, the book is called attached and it like rocked my world. Yeah. And I was so really actually proud of you for <laughs> being, what you said was an avoidant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, it's funny because I used to be a super anxious attachment, and uh-huh. now I think I'm more avoidant than anything else, uh-huh. which is very interesting. Or you could be doing more of the protest behaviors that are like withdrawal or 
um, waiting for somebody to see how they act. Ooh, tell so me it's kind of like test, testing them to Ooh. see if they'll show up. Ooh. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so attachment theory is based on these the premise that we as social creatures um, create healthy attachments with others, which allows us to uh, allow us to be dependent on them and them depend on us, allowing us to ask for comfort and needs yes. to be met and for them to be able to ask for those things back to us. And we're talking about adult attachment. Child attachment is with the primary caregivers when you're younger, about the, up to age two, three, um, that, you know, can my, these primary caregivers give me my needs to be met or are they inconsistent or are they not there? So that's your foundation of how you will see yourself, your needs being met, moving forward, relationships, moving forward in your life. Wow. Adult attachment now takes into consideration all the things you've experienced in your life. Yeah. <clears throat> so like my parents were amazing and I've also experienced a lot, you know, things, yeah. <laughs> <I'm Surprising>. things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which contributed me to become a very avoidant, uh, personality and not personality, um, attachment system. Yeah. Meaning that I would be, do when I would perceive or sense that somebody was getting too close, I would engage in deactivating behaviors mm -hmm. to create the distance again. Meaning I would be the first one to end the relationship. I would pick out flaws of the person to mentally distance in my mind. I would uh, put my phone down and it, like they'd text respond me and I wouldn't respond for like a day. <laughs> I was that person. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> and I would end relationships after two weeks. Now, given that was also during the time that I struggled with my physical body and touch, I hated people touching me. It was, you know, so there was a lot of layers there going on. God, girl, you have done the work. Yeah. And that's the thing is that I've started studying attachment theory in college. Yeah. And I recognized myself as that avoidant then. And... It takes about, I think that the authors say it takes about four years for you to recognize and continue to practice more of a secure way and conscious way of communicating to be able to change a, um, a, a system. So I should yourself. stop waiting for that avoidant <laughs> <laughs> to come around. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. even it doesn't really matter what which one you fall under, secure, insecure, avoidant, um, anxious, or anxious avoidant, it's how you tune into those thoughts and those feelings, and from that space, communicate congruently and securely. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes like I get those feelings or I'll get activated or I'll get, you know, I was going to ask, do you still get triggered? Sure. Yeah. And, and, and then I realize, and I have a whole protocol that I give to my clients to be able to navigate that. And it's things about, um, I teach them about embodied communication. So first tuning into your body, you, you know what it feels physically feels like to be activated. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So when you are get good about uh, recognizing those sensations, you can speak from that space or you can tune into that and be like, oh, I am now not present. I am, you know, speaking from a, I'm about to speak from a place that's either from something unprocessed in my past or projected future outcome that doesn't exist. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And I need to come back to my center and speak from exactly what I need right now. Beautiful. And then, you know, giving them specific mantras that help them to step out of that racing mind. So one of my favorites, two of my favorites, one is, uh, I choose myself powerfully. Mm. And the other one is, uh, this, their reaction has got nothing to do with my value. Oof. Yeah. Say that one again. Their reaction has got nothing to do with my value. That's beautiful. Yeah. Because we take take it on. We yes. take it on. It's so personal. Yeah. We do all the time. Of course. Yeah. But the world, but we have to remember that whatever's going on with somebody else is their process and their things that yes. they're going through that they're projecting onto you. And when you can recognize Amen. that, mm. now, of course, you're contributing to it, but that's your response you know that's your activation that's probably interacting with theirs yeah if there's conflict 
Yeah. Or you can detach from that. And I, th- I believe you can create, and I've exper- experienced, you create such a safe container when you view it that way. Wow. Yeah. I'm so excited about what you just said. Thank you. That's super helpful. That's super helpful and super powerful. Um, what would you say for, okay, so I have kind of this theory and maybe it's a little woo-woo, but like I am woo-woo. <laughs> love the woo-woos. Love the woo-woos. <laughs> so I have this theory that like people come into our life as our teachers, that like we come, we, we come together to like learn something or to sure. grow. Um, do you, I don't, I don't know if you kind of fall under that jurisdiction, if you believe that as well, but do you think that, do you think that like we come into each other's lives as, as teachers, as like to bring our stuff up, like to bring it to the surface? To teach yeah. Us? And I'll even unwoo-woo that for you. <laughs> because if you think about you, the growth that you, the evolution of yourself over the lifetime, doesn't it make sense that you are learning about yourself and learning new skills all the time and certain people trigger things in us so they wouldn't be triggered if we had already solved that problem mm-hmm. so the the people that are showing up and that we're attracted to are the ones that we are still learning with yes so Um, For instance, if you're repeating the same patterns over and over and over again, then you haven't figured out that they are an activator for you Mm. until you do. And then you catch it for the future. And of course, you won't want to be with those people anymore because you know better. And then you'll start attracting people who are more on your level, your evolved level. Yes. And they've got something new to teach you because they'll probably trigger you too. Yeah, in a different different way. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or give you those opportunities to evolve again. Yes. Yeah. Because I find find that for a very long time that I have been single for, God, almost four years. Mm -hmm. And, but I will say like my relationships previous to that, um, like it, I kept attracting the same type of, person yeah and even 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 though we would have a relationship eventually at the beginning it was this kind of like oh I don't I'm not really like looking for anything I'm mm-hmm. like I constantly found the avoidance right I constantly found the people that were um like wanting just to be casual and it usually wasn't until I walked away that they'd be like oh okay actually like we'll make something work yeah um and so it is fascinating and I'm, I'm like so not interested in that, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and that's, I think, even though I have done a lot of work on myself, I feel like that's part of the reason I've been so single for so long mm-hmm. because I see that and I'm like, Ooh, not, I'm not interested. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still do attract it, but I'm not interested in it. Sure. So yep. It's fascinating. Yeah. You can catch it easier. Yeah. And that's all we can ask. Like yeah. we have automatic reactions. We have automatic thoughts, but it's what you do after that, that matters. Yes. Do I continue to feed this, this pattern or do I catch myself? Let me take yeah. a left turn here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <little> <laughs> <way>. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about sex in particular. Oh, God. My, yeah. my <laughs> yeah. favorite. Yes. <laughs> my favorite thing. Uh. Um, so, I mean, it's funny because I don't really, like, I just, for me, when I interview people, I just kind of let it, like, happen as it happens. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm so, like, actually excited to talk about this because I am a very sexual human. Me too. I'm Scorpio. What can I say? Um, but I want to know what do I want to know? I think I want to know what, what is missing for most people when it comes to sex, as far as like a physical thing that they can do to potentially make their sex life better. Mm, So yeah, yeah. So what I was saying earlier about the embodiment, but even more than that, I think our brain cock blocks us. 
love it. Yeah. And I talk about this in the online program that I, that I'm filming right now. Cannot uh, wait. Yeah. This. Yeah. It's, it's called sex love yoga and it's teaching you using principles of yoga to help you to get down into your body and connect yes. within yourself and the other part partner. Mm. So the, there is a module about your brain cock blocking you. <laughs> because <laughs> it's oh, a oh my god <laughs> yeah and there's all these you know myths that we tell ourselves yeah or this you know we're um spectating ourselves and we're yeah. you know we're watching ourselves and we just get up in the head and we're not really in the experience or we yeah. are looking for the orgasm and we miss all the juicy things that lead up to it you know we're just like hard focused at the end that isn't here yet yeah. it doesn't exist yet yeah Maybe won't exist. And maybe it won't. And that's another thing. Oof. We shame ourselves or we shame our partner or we shame that we're not good enough partners to give our partner an orgasm yes. when that really has nothing to do with it. Yes. You can have a wonderful time. There's times when, like, in the past, I've had partners who struggle with, with um, maintaining erections or orgasms. Yeah. And I'd be like, that's fine. I just had a great time yeah. because, A, I was in my pleasure, Amen. Yeah. And so I'm rolling around and like, and like, (laughs) and they, but they were so hard focused on wanting to please me. Yeah. And that caused them to get in their head where I expressed to them, I said, you know, erotic play is highly satisfying. God, I love that. Yeah. What, whether it's yours or whether it's, like general from your patients, what would you say is like the best sexual position for women? Oh, that's up to every single woman. Beautiful. Yeah, that really, that's, that's really difficult. Cause I love, I love being suspended in the air. <laughs> you know, that's a good <laughs> position for me. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but then some women love doggy style tends to be a very popular one because the, the, uh, angle of the pelvis yes. can hit and it, uh, and that one's actually a lot easier one to do, uh, ejaculation, female ejaculation, you know, stuff like that. Excellent. And, um, so it's, re- but some people love the intimacy of missionary. Some sure. people love the power of cowgirl, you know, like, yes. is it being on top? It, it's really up to the individual and, and that. even positions. I'm like, you know, just play. Yeah, just have fun. Because, <laughs> you know, we can get caught up in the freaking Cosmo magazines of like, do these 10. Bend over backwards. You know, yeah. use your chair and put your foot behind your head. Yeah. <laughs> which, which. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've had partners in the past who do yoga. Yes. And we'll do yoga and sex. Yes. And it's like so fun. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but just amazing. getting playful. Yeah. You know? And sure. It doesn't matter about the position. It's you like. You make good lovers. I'm not going to. Holy crap, you are not even exaggerating. Yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, things. yeah, we are <laughs> and good. it's not just things. like a flexibility thing. It's just like it really is an embodied Embodied, thing. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking to a friend of mine um, the other day, and we talk about sex all the time. And he was like, so I wonder if like having sex with a partner who is a yogi is like really that different. And I was like, well, (laughs) I was like, well, you know, like, I think it is one of those things that is a spectacle in the sense where it's like, if someone's not a yogi and they're like having sex with you, it's like exciting to put their, your legs behind your head or whatever. But it really is about the like actual connection. Connection. And yeah, and that's another module in my program is emotional connectiveness and sex Mm. will uplevel your sexual experience tenfold. I'm not even kidding. And guys even prefer emotionally connected sex most of the time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you have just just hit it and quit it sex or just like hook up or sex where you're not really connected with a person. It can be awesome. It can be really hot and you know, all the things. But then when you find that person that you're like really connected with, Oh my God, it is, can be so much more ecstatic. Yeah. Ecstatic. I love that word. Mm-hmm. Ecstasy. Oh, babe, I'm full of good words. You are so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Okay. Um, what about, 
And I don't know if, like, there are real hard hard and steadfast <laughs> rules for this. Um, but for men who, like, do have trouble staying hard, mm-hmm. what, like, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I actually teach guys a lot of pranayama breathing. So, like, breath, breath work. It can be really beneficial. Um, also, just bringing people's attention down into their genitals for men and women. Cool. Who struggle with low libido or struggle with um, even yoga poses to help open the psoas. Um, uh, yeah, even that, and then just mental the mental games will get you out. Yeah, yeah, that's so um, and it then, really is such a freaking mind thing. It's the it's all of it, mind body energy, oh. like it's all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your? Do you have daily practices that you do? Not necessarily just sexually, although obviously I would love to hear that too. (laughs) But like, do you have daily practices that you do to feel most embodied? Yes. In the morning. Okay. Yeah. So I'll get up and um, I'll do some tantra exercises. So whether it's um, using my uh, jade egg and doing awesome. some some exercises using that. Um, sometimes it's sitting and meditating using breath work and visualization of the microcosmic um, orbit, which is a it's a Taoist practice, um, cool. and it's, and that's you know bringing energy through and around. Um, sometimes it's just basic yoga in the morning because I don't necessarily have time to go to a class. So I'll just do some in my, in my house, yeah. in my underwear, you know, super cute. It's the yeah. best way to do it. Anyway. Create an imagery for you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Marley comes plays. It's great. Oh, bunny oh yoga. Bunny yeah. Yoga. So sometimes that, and, um, and I will light incense. So you probably smelled incense in my house. I'll dance while I'm, you know, in the bathroom getting ready. Yeah. It's, it is a central experience. Yeah, 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 for sure. I love that inclusion. Mm-hmm. And it's how do you, you can start, you can wake up embodied or you can wake up heady. And it's up to you. There's certainly days where I, you know, I'm like, eh, I don't have time for this. Yeah. I woke up late, blah, 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 gotta go. <laughs> totally. And I notice a difference. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I can't still do my practice. Yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, in between clients, I'll sit and I'll just be like breathing and I'll, um, you know, I, I do yoga in my office, you know, yes. just some basic stuff just to drop down and God, ground. I love it. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a million more questions and it's almost been an hour um just I don't this is not a quick topic but like Mm-mm. what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on masturbation as like a practice or is like a healthy ways non-healthy ways yeah I, I think masturbation is great <laughs> I prefer the the um terminology of self-pleasure than I do masturbation for for a couple reasons because the term masturbation it actually translates to uh oh frick defile, um, defile yourself yes I remember and I it's so funny because I actually have a practice of calling it self-pleasuring yeah. but I just yeah it yeah, just yeah. Came out because that was what the standard thing is to say it is yeah, yeah that's the clinical term for it yeah. and I still talk you know with clients I'll still use it yeah. um, but I, I prefer to use self-pleasure yes. and the other thing is that that term has so much emotional weight to it sure. given what we've experienced growing up whether we were caught yeah whether we were religious and our priest told us that that's bad and you're going to hell yes or you, you know so loaded. Uh-huh. Or you're a woman and you're like, that's not, that's dirty. There's so many things. And so it's, it's got a lot of weight to it. Yeah. Um, so self-pleasuring, I think is highly beneficial. And I t- tell people self-pleasure is more than just touching your genitals. Yes. It is warm, playing with your whole body. I love it. Yeah. And because that opens your whole body, yeah. opens the sensory receptors, gets the, the blood flowing. I, t- I do breast massage in the mornings, um, which just helps me to get more alive and um, moving, you know, just helps stagnancy and, and blood flow and, and in touch with that part of me, that sensual part of me. Um, so it's, yeah. And then, and then your body can be ready to yeah. be stimulated generally. Mm. It's like a little warm up. Yeah, it's being with yourself. Mm. It's just, 
and and I can say this for myself because sometimes you know I'm like again I'm like ah I got so much to do I'm like trying to create a queendom yeah and <laughs> you know th- that time with ourselves that pleasuring time of ourselves we quicken so fast or if we don't get it oh, yeah. an orgasm in two minutes then it's then we're like oh I don't have time for myself we're not making ourselves a priority. There's a lot of women I see who have anorgasmia, meaning they've never experienced orgasm, and I talk to them about self-pleasuring. And I'm like, okay, so how much time do you give yourself? Uh, five minutes. I'm like, baby, <laughs> the first time I orgasmed on self-pleasure, it took me 45. And I got to the 45, and I felt it, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, but it, if I gave up at, you know, five, ten, I never would have experienced it. Now it's not like that anymore yeah. because I'm a lot more embodied with myself, but yeah. it took that long. Totally. And, and even then, and I think a lot of that was, you know, can I enjoy this whole process, wow. you know, and not just seek the end point. God, seeking the whole process rather than just seeking the ending. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm. Wow. Yeah. What else? Do you have anything... Besides the rapid fire round, which we're going to do in a second, where I just kind of ask you, like, this, that, the other thing, which one do you want? This or that. Uh, (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) Besides that, that you want to share, like, anything that you want people to know about sexuality or connection or intimacy. Really, all I want to say is that you do deserve the love and the sex life that you desire. Mm. And when we cannot give ourselves permission to engage in that idea, then we can create it. Gorgeous. Mm. Gorgeous, my love. Okay, a little rapid fire because I want to know, I want people to know a little bit more just about you in general. So, coffee or tea? Right now, tea. Are you, oh, did you get no coffee? <laughs> I did, and it's oh. the best thing ever. I, get, I really feel good. You feel good? Yeah. Okay. I have a coffee every now and then, but you know. But you're like, you know. you're off the juice. Oh my God, bless mm. you. Sometimes. So, every day, <laughs> few days. Yes. Um, introvert or extrovert? Ambivert. Tell me more about that. I'm done, both. <laughs> Girl. Ambivert. I've never heard that. I can. This is not such a rapid fire on because I'm so perplexed. <laughs> I'm, like I'm sorry, I'm complex. No, it's amazing. Oh God, I, I love that. I can hermit so hard. Yes. I'm very, it, I can go inward. I love being inward yeah. on my thoughts. And I can social so hard. And my energy uplifts, you know, like yes. you see me, I'm walking around like, da, 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 da. Yeah. and I can also for days be by myself and like, and also be in a room full of people and be in my head and be, and be in my little world. And it's just like amazing. I love same, it. Same. And yeah. I've never heard it described like that. There you go. I love it. Okay. You're welcome. Um, seriously, yoga, asana, or seated meditation? Yoga. Okay. Sex or sleep? Sex. Duh. Boo. I mean, like really. Um, and I don't think you drink. Do you no. Drink? So no. never mind this next question. <laughs> New York or LA? LA. Yes. Ebook or hard copy? Hard copy. Totally. Shower or bath? Shower. Milk or dark chocolate? Dark chocolate. Phone call or text? Phone call. Intelligence or humor? Both. I mean, they're really like the same. <laughs> That's not, yeah. They're the same. Like, yeah. you can't be that funny if you're not smart. I'm hilarious yeah. and I'm and, super and you're smart. Super smart, exactly. <laughs> Me too. I even tell people when yeah. I go on dates, I'm hilarious. I'm, like, you're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> I need a five. Thank you. Money or fame? Money. Totally. Okay. Um, and then just last but not least, what is your definition of an epic life? Like, what does that look like? That's mm. kind of an epic question. Epic life is... I talk about, you and I talked about this, the, uh, the concept of manifestation, and it's pretty woo-woo. However, Love it. me, I firmly believe in manifestation as being a balance between surrender and action. Mm. Meaning, and you can't have one without the other. If you're yeah. so far in the surrender, you're lazy and shit don't get done. Mm-hmm. If you're so far in the action, then you're controlling, you're a control freak and you need, and you're not allowing for things to unfold as it needs to. Yeah. So can you... Trust in the energy that you're putting forth and still move forward. 
So trust that surrender piece, that things are flowing as it needs to and continue to, to put the work in. I love it. That's how you create an epic life. Dr. Kat, uh-huh. you are so beautiful. I want to acknowledge <laughs> you as such a brilliant and inspiring leader mm. and bringing to light things that people often feel shame and like have a tough time talking about mm, received. Thank yeah. you. Like, please receive and please know that I'm so grateful that you carved out this time. Mm, I appreciate it. Thank you. Where can we connect to you? How can we find you on social and all that stuff? Yeah. Sex love yoga on Instagram and YouTube. She's amazing guys. I'm recreating my channel. So stay tuned because I'm Wait. launching a whole series. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, YouTube, um, catmeyer.com. Great. And I'll have another, website launching very soon and your podcast is eat play sex on itunes oh my god dr cat thank you thank you love you sister you guys thank you so much for tuning in today what an absolute gift uh please do connect to me. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, um, social media in general at Alexa Silvaggio. And if you do have a second, I would be super grateful if you left us a review on iTunes. Why? Well, because that actually makes us more visible to everyone. And I'm all about spreading the good stuff, right? Spreading the goods, getting the word out because I want us all to benefit. I want us all to feel good. I want us all to thrive. So this is your gentle reminder, my love to go out there and create an epic life. All my love.